Father, we ask, God, that you would come and speak. Lord, that you would speak through me and to me and everyone else in this room. And Lord, that you would be glorified, God. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyways, uh, we're in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be covering verses 6 through 15. And as you guys know, last week we were talking about the mystery of Christ and so on. And those of you that were here, it was pretty crazy because I just went like off my notes like a maniac, you know. And so it was the Lord and He blessed it. So we, we covered the mysteries of uh, Jesus and so on, but um, as I was reading this passage and just really uh, contemplating and really praying about what we're going through tonight, um, it's awesome because if I, can, if I can really look at the realm of last week to today and everything that's going on in my life, it pretty much leads up to this, you know, like the Lord really smacked me, you know, like... How many people, like, here, like, really, like, there was, like, people that you were mad at, or someone, like, you're like, oh, I can never forgive that person, or something, someone that did you wrong, you know, like, how many people in our lives that we have those people in our lives, like, anyone here? So I'm the only one, okay, everyone, cool, well, you know, like, it was cool, because about a couple of days ago, like, I was just, you know, doodling around, and really just hanging around and stuff. And this person, like, hits me up, and I have not talked to this person for about a year and a half, you know? And so this person hits me up, and I'm just like, what the? No, there's no way, like, we, we left off on bad terms, like, I was just like, I, I don't want to see your face ever, I don't want to hear from you, you know? Like, that was what's going on in my heart, but you know, outside of me, I was just like, yeah, how's it going, you know, man, blessings on you, you know, I was faking it the whole time, you know, and like, for some reason, we, we went, we, we got off on bad terms, and so this person hits me up, uh, like a couple of days ago, and it really shocked my mind, like, I wasn't expecting it, I wasn't ready for it, I didn't even know anything, I was just like, my heart dropped down, and it just fell to my stomach, and I I just felt sick, like, I can't believe, like, this person's talking to me because we left off on bad terms and I couldn't forgive this person. Well, eventually I did forgive this person, but, like, to talk to this person again, it's just like, I don't want to talk to you, you know? And, like, I felt that in my heart and it really, it really, really bugged me. And so I knew the Lord planted that there for a reason because in this, uh, in this, in these verses from six to 15, it talks about forgiveness, you know, and it talks about what God has done for us, and like, it really smacked me upside the head, because I couldn't forgive this person, you know, and I I just really was really like, I just wanted to sock this person really bad, you know, like, dude, you did me wrong, you know, like, what's going on, but, um, but it all led up correctly, the Lord really, uh, called my heart, he really um, flicked me in the ear and said, you're an idiot, Brian, you know, like, what are you thinking, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I, I read this, it convicted me a whole bunch, and uh, I pray that you guys would feel the same way I felt, kind of, maybe, because even if we have someone that we can't forgive as well, you know, because 
we all have someone in the past that we can't forgive or so on, but yet maybe we say we forgave them or whatnot, but yet in our heart, our heart grieves when we see that person or whatnot, you know, that's not fully forgiveness yet until you can just have peace with that person. And so I'm, you know, the Lord really taught me and showed me, but uh, we're going to start in uh, verse 6, and it says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. And we'll stop right there. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. I, I, figured, I figured it out through this, you know, through learning, through um, just really uh, reading the scriptures and observing and all these things. When we see a therefore, it, we see an answer. We see that this is important. When we see therefore, when we see that word therefore, because obviously Paul is trying to show us the answer to something that is going on within our life. So I, I advise you guys, when you're reading the scriptures, when you see therefore, or so, or but, or any of these key words, make sure you observe it and read the passage because it's something important. It's something that either one of the apostles is trying to speak to us about or even the Lord wants to speak to us about. So, therefore, so you, you, you are, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. If we've, if we've noticed throughout the whole scriptures and throughout just learning the Bible and so on that the scriptures always tells us to walk, like walk in the light, Ephesians 5.8, or walk in love, Ephesians 5.2 or walk in wisdom Colossians 5.4 we are told here to walk in Christ in Him pretty much what that means is we are to walk in simplicity which is in Christ because Christ is simple right Christ did all these things He, <clears throat> he did all these things that showed us how to, be, how to, how to live a simple life how it was easy to receive Him. So, so how many of us here, like, like there's this story, like, how many of us here have heard about um, a, a thing called near quicksand or a substance called near quicksand? Near quicksand, cool. Well, um, I was reading this, uh, this little, or I was reading a commentary, and um, this, past, this pastor points out near quicksand. What it is is, um, it's quicksand that you can walk on but as you're walking, you're not going to sink unless you stand still. So near quicksand is if you're walking on this quicksand, you're not going to sink unless you stand still. So in the same way, we must continue to walk in Christ. We can't stand still in Christ because if we do, we're just going to sink. You know, We're supposed to walk in the Lord and not just stand in one spot or else we'll sink. The way to keep moving is to walk in simplicity, which is to walk in the same exact way we receive Jesus Christ. So when we receive Jesus Christ, it was from our heart. It was asking the Lord to come into our hearts and to dwell and live inside of us, right? That was simple. That was easy to do. In the same sense, when we walk in Christ Jesus... We should walk in simplicity and not make a huge fuss about anything. Not always 
dwelling on one thing, like how I was talking about when I was dwelling on this person, I couldn't forgive him. So, no. It's about us walking simple, easy with the Lord, not caring about, <coughs> about, the, about the philosophical things in life. The same way we accepted Jesus Christ is the same way we should walk in Jesus Christ. So, moving on, Paul tells us in verse 7, Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So Paul tells us continually in, to walk in the faith, to always give thanks to, to what He's done for us, to what God has done for us. We must always abide in that. We, all, we, we must have faith always. Faith, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by accepting what Jesus has done for the world for the whole sins of the world, not just for that person or that. No, he did it. God or Jesus died for the sins of the world, and we must have faith in that. And with that faith, we must continue to build on that, so that way we can show people that we can go out to this this uh, facility, this uh, this hospice facility, and tell these people that they can have faith, man. It's all about believing in Jesus and what He's done for us. It's simple. It's easy. It's, it's nothing, nothing crazy. It's simple. God died for them too, you know. He died for the sins of the world. And moving on, Paul tells us in verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And so when I was reading this, you know, it says, don't let philosophy take over you. Don't let, don't let the, the deceiving things of this world run your life. It's all about Jesus. It's about what He's done for us. This world is deceiving and empty. It has nothing to offer except minutes or hours of enjoyment. That's it. We, we think that, we think that, you know, going out partying, going out drinking, going out having sex, doing drugs, doing all these things is fulfilling. Yeah, right. For only a matter of a couple minutes or a couple of hours, and that's it. This world is deceiving. We see believers and non-believers go out and spend money on getting help from psychologists or from psychiatrists when their problems specifically are, are dealt in the Bible. Like how many of us like really, like once in our life, we've gotten our heart broken or we felt emotional, like our feelings hurt. And yet we see non-believers and believers go and, and, and they're going to these people to tell them their problems. And they lay in this bed and they're just like, yeah, I remember once when I was six years old and Johnny took my Barbie and ripped his head off. You know, like, we see dumb people just, to, they're just paying these people to listen to that. I mean, snap, yo, I'll, I'll be a psychologist or a psychiatrist and gain some money by listening to people's problems, you know? Like, believers do this too, you know? It's like, 
what are you doing? It's all in the Bible. If you have a heartache, it's in the Bible. It shows, it, it can comfort you. It's the Word of God. Meaning, I'm not going to tell you, like, if, if Casey broke his arm, I'm not going to say, oh, uh, go, go read the Bible, dude. No, the Bible is not going to teach you on how to repair your arm or anything, you know? Or if, or if someone were to lose their dog or how to, how to, how to, how to walk the dog. I'm not going to say, oh, go read your Bible. No, but to a person with a broken heart or a lost soul, that's when I say, go read the Bible right there. We must understand that when we go through these trials, we go through feelings, we go through anything that hits us right here in the heart or in our life, that we must go to the Word of God. We must go to the Bible. This is what's going to help you out in life. You know, you're not going to, it's not a mechanical uh, manual that's going to help us with our, our broken heart or our broken soul. Or it's not, it's not another book. It's the Bible that's going to mend that together. <coughs> and moving on to verse 9 through 13. It says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of our trespasses. So, what this, what verses 9 through 13 talks about is we're forgiven. We are forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross of Calvary. Before we used to be, we we used to be just those Gentiles. We used to be those sinners. Or, I mean, we still are, but we we were just a we were just non-believing people that just walked around the face of the earth, not caring about anything. But what Christ did for us was beyond, beyond anything any man or woman or any alien or person on the face of the earth can do. Therefore, as Christ gave us, or as Christ forgave us, we must forgive others. And that's what kind of hit me the most right there. You know, like, when when thinking about what just happened a couple days ago and and really relating myself and reading this, you know, and I, I, it just hit me. I used to be this person that used to go out and used to go party, used to, used to use the Lord's name in vain, used to do all the opposite thing of a godly person. And yet, it tells us here that God made or God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us 
all our trespasses. Trespasses. What's, what's trespassing? It's, it's going onto someone's property without their permission. We, we, this earth, this place, this is God's property. And we're, we're, we're here, when we were born into this nature, we were born onto God's property and we were born into sin. And with us sinful people walking around this earth, walking around, swimming around, whatever, we trespass the Lord. Everyone has. We all have. But we're made alive in Him to those who accepted Him. And so, as we can see, six billion people on the face of the earth, maybe a couple of million are Christians, and everyone else is not going to heaven. They have trespassed what, on a property that's not theirs. But we, we have been made new. We have been made righteous. And here we are. We can walk anywhere we want. We can, we can do anything in the name of Jesus and help people and do all these things. And the Lord has blessed us continually. And yet, sometimes, you know, it, it hurts my heart that a lot of Christians don't care. They don't do anything. They, they just sit there and sink. And they're not walking. You know, and and being in that in that high school ministry and just helping out for the past seven years and so on and on and off, we see kids that are walking with the Lord. They're walking in love. They're walking in wisdom. They're walking in the light, and they continue walking. We're man, praise the Lord for that. But then we see many that just stand there and they let themselves sink. They do nothing in their life. We see no fruit. We see nothing. Yeah, they're still saved by the grace of God. But how is it when we get to heaven? We're going to wish we would have done more. We're going to wish that we were, we can have ten more years on our life, on on this planet, on this earth, you know. And, and that always is always dwelling in my mind. Every time I'm walking outside and or running, or whatever, every time I'm outside, and I'm just hanging out with the Lord, and I'm, I'm yanking my hair, asking the Lord, God, would you please make my heart right with you, all the time, because I don't want to regret anything, I, I, I don't want to just be that Christian, I don't want to be like the 50% of Christians in the world, just sitting around, Sinking, getting fat, not not doing anything with the meat that they've gained from the Word of God. I don't want to be that Christian. I want to be the one where I receive it and I'm still walking, still working it off, you know, so that I'm not that fat dude just sitting there and sinking up, down that quicksand. I want to be walking. I want to be taking that food and absorbing it and applying it to my life so it's running through my veins. It's running through my through my body. I want to be that Christian. I want to be that person that people can see some sort of light in me so that they can praise Jesus. I don't want to be just that Christian that just sits there. And we see tons of that. We see, we see tons of it. And it really just 
bothers me and it sickens me sometimes because we're, we're not grateful for the things we have here and that there's other people that are less fortunate than we are. And yet we take this, this forgiveness. We, we've taken this, you know, all the, all the things that Paul tells us that we were, we used to be uncircumcised people, or, yeah, people. And all these things, we used to be that people, those people. And yet, we take in this forgiveness and we do nothing with it. All we're doing is just listening. We accepted the forgiveness and we accepted God in our hearts and all that stuff and then we just sit there and do nothing about it. And with all the talents in this room and all, all the talents with every person that knows the Lord, they do nothing with it. <coughs> it's sad. And I don't want you guys to be like that at all. Because one day we're all going to be in our 30s. Those of you that are like 19 and stuff, you'll be 23 like me and you'll be hating life. Just kidding. <laughs> but it, it'll hit you. You know, one of these days it's going to hit you and you're going to be like, man, I remember when Brian was talking about all these things and now I'm that person. I don't find joy in the Lord anymore. I've accepted that forgiveness, you know, 12 years ago. But now I have a family, and all I do is sit on the couch and watch football on my HD TV. Or maybe 10 years from now, it's going to be even better than HD or whatever, you know. On my crystal clear TV or whatever, you know. <laughs> but... That's what's going to happen, you know, and that's what happens to a lot of Christians is we, we go through life, when we reach this, this certain age, we just, we don't care anymore. We, we know we have forgiveness in our life, and, but then we just sit there, you know, and, and then we, we have a family, you know. You're going to have kids, you're going to have a wife, you're going to have a husband. You're going to have those screaming, annoying kids, and you're just going to be like, oh, Ugh, you know, you're just going to want to throw something at them. And when they're like, Daddy, Mommy, let's go play catch. No, you know, you, you don't want to do these things. You just want to go and sit down and do nothing anymore, you know. And that's what, and that's how people are. That's our sinful nature. We don't want to do anything. But I pray, and I want to encourage you guys, that when, you're, that when this age comes, or when you have this family, that you would continue to know the Lord, that you would continue to press forward, forward, going forward, always going forward, and not being that person that just sits there and does nothing. I hope you guys would be the ones that, when you're taking your, you know, when, when you moms, you future moms out here are going to go and, take your kids to soccer practice, you know. I pray that you are the, are the, that you will be the women of God. That when you take your kids to soccer practice or to football practice or <coughs> basketball practice or whatever, you know, that you'll be the mom to say, you know, if you, if you guys have five kids, awesome, you know, that you'll be the one to huddle with them and be like, let's pray together in front of those people. 
that you'd be the one to just randomly make cupcakes for all the kids and bless them and, write, and have a scripture on each cupcake and to, to give to each of these kids. That you would continue to go forth and show that light. And you men in this room, when you guys grow older, when you guys have kids, me too, when I have them, you know, I pray that we as men would love our wives, that we would encourage her, that we would pray for her every single day, that we would read the Bible with her every single day, that we would learn to love her and cherish her. And with our kids, when they're coming up to us, I pray that you men, that me too, that we would be the one to say, Hey son, let's pray. Hey son, what's, uh, what's the Lord showing in your life? And they're only two. And they're like, The Lord showed me. I forget even daddy. And you're just like, Thank you, Jesus. That's the, most, that's the biggest blessing in life right there. Is when you can raise a family, when you can raise your young ones to say, Man, I love Jesus. And it's just like Casey Kendall's kid. I, I love this kid. Though I forgot his name, but I love this kid, you know? Like, I'm so sorry, he'll hook me later. But I remember, you know, Casey's telling me these stories about like how they would, how they would go on these road trips and so on. And, and, this, and they're, they're going in the car, they're, you know, their SUV, and, every, and when the kid gets scared of just going up this mountain, looking down and seeing that there's like a bunch of trees, like just trees and nothing, and that they can die any minute, you know, and all these things, you know. And I remember Casey telling me, like, that his kid is just sitting in the chair, just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I, like he's freaked out, you know. And Casey's like, what's going on? What's wrong, bud? You know, he's just like, Jesus with me, Jesus with me. You know, he's scared, but he's, but he's, but he's looking up to the Lord. He, he looks over and sees that there's nothing. He can die. Oh, my goodness. It's going to hit me. But yet, though he's scared, he's trusting in Jesus, you know. He's sitting in his seat just, Jesus with me, Jesus with me, Jesus with me. And when you can see that happen... It'd be a blessing for your life and for my life. So us men and women in this room, continue on. Do not take that forgiveness of what the Lord has done for us for granted. By taking it for granted is by sitting there, by sitting around, by doing nothing. That's how you're taking it for granted. Because if it wasn't real, then Paul wouldn't be who Paul is within the New Testament. If Jesus wasn't real, if Paul, didn't un if Paul, if Paul never understood or anything about Jesus' forgiveness, how he died on the cross for our sins, he'd probably be the same guy, just doing probably nothing. But he knew, he understood that this forgiveness is so much greater that he died for it. That he went around preaching the gospel of the grace of God wherever he went. And he died for that faith. He didn't sit around. He knew what was going on. He knew what God did for him. And he took it out into the world and showed it to everyone. May we be like Paul. 
and not like Saul. May we be the ones to continue on in the faith, to not take our forgiveness for granted, our salvation, to not take what Jesus has done for us for granted at all. In Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And when I saw, when I read that verse, that's the one that hit me. Always forgiving one another. And I remember I was talking to one of my boys. And I told him, hey man, you're special to me. And he's just like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. Because I see so much in you. The Lord is going to use you with your, with your talents, with everything you have. May you always walk in that. And when he's listening to me tell him all these things, he's just like, Brian, you're scaring me, you know, like, what are you talking about? And I told him this, one day, you know, he's an athlete. One of these days, someone is going to do him wrong, someone might hit him, might get in a fight with him, might do any of these things. But I told him this, forgive that person always. And he was just like, well, I don't understand, Brian. And I said this, how much more would people see Jesus in you if someone came up to you, socked you in the face, and you said, you know what? You just socked me in the face. It's okay, man. If you want to sock my other face, on my other half, my other face, my other half, go for it. And I told him, I told him, what if you said that to that person? What would that person think of you? He, he said, he'd look at me differently. And I said, that's correct. May you be different than everyone else and forgive them. Though they might do wrong to you, you return with good to them. And he understood what I just said. And that's when he was just like, Brian, I, I, I can't believe I'm, that hit me, you know? Because if someone were to hit me, I'd take him down right away, you know? I said, I know. I know you would. Because you're a guy, you have anger problems. I'm a guy, I got anger problems too, you know. But if you can deal with it, if you can manipulate it and turn the other cheek and walk away, how much more of a man are you than that person that just hits you? And so that hit him like a stinking bat upside the head. And so, may we be those ones to forgive one another always, no matter what happens. No matter who talks behind your back. No matter who did something horrible to you. No matter if you're on a SWAT trip and you get hit with spit wads and 
maybe all these things, you know, and or you get a snot rocket on your arm, you know. <laughs> even 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 in those areas, may you always forgive, always forgive. Because I know how I know because I know how it is that when someone's upset and you want their forgiveness, you're just like begging and pleading, please forgive me, I did it wrong. And they're just like, hmm. And then they just walk away. It, it kills me. I'm like, you know, like, I, I just want to beat you now, you know? Like, forgive me. Jeez, you know? Please. And they're, they're still not forgiving. And I don't want you guys to be that person to not forgive them, or else I'd be really upset and antsy. I'll be like, you better forgive me already. Like, you know, like I did wrong. I know. Snap. Forgive me. And if you're that person that does not forgive, meditate on Ephesians 3, 40, 32, or 432, please. Because it really, it really hurts me. You know? Because <laughs> I remember me and Dakota, I mean, we have... The, we, we were third grade teachers, man, and like, <laughs> we were like the stinky coolest teachers, for goodness sake, you know, like, we had all the kids, man, and they loved it, but yet, for some reason, a certain person was just like, she just didn't like us, and the reason why is because we had all the kids, you know, like, we took her kids, like, sorry, you know, like, I'm sorry that that the Lord, you know, pour some fairy dust on our room, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, no, our room was cool, you know, and this person just hated on us, she was just like, oh, I hate you, and every time me and Dakota go, oh, would you please forgive us, it's not our fault, jeez, like, forgive us, man, we didn't even do anything wrong, and we're just asking for their forgiveness, and that person's just like, hmm, you know, and it hurt me. I was just like, I got so antsy about it. I was just like, you know, I'm ready to like throw my Bible at this person. And I remember one day, you know, at church, I went up to the person. I said, I don't know what your problem is. I don't know why you're hating on me. But would you forgive me? Jeez, I didn't do anything. You know, I, I sat down and I talked to the person. And that person's just like, I forgive you. I'm sorry on my behalf as well. And I was just like, praise Jesus. Thank you already. You know, like, oh, I didn't want to unleash on you, you know. I didn't want to, like, elbow you or anything on accident, you know. But, like, please, be, let's be the one to forgive one another. Yeah. Gosh, hate, I'm, I'm getting ticked off from this already. Just kidding. <laughs> but moving on, verses 14 and 15. Last two verses. It says, By concealing the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So the, that very last two verses, Jesus served everyone. He served everyone a dish. He served them as a servant and served him 
as if you just got served. So he did two servings. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but... <laughs> Remember! I'm so late right now. <laughs> oh, man. But, anyways, I'm sorry. Remember what Jesus has done for you. He took all our sins and nailed it to the cross. <coughs> and when I read that, you know, I was, uh, I was walking and the Lord gave me an image, you know. When, when a construction worker builds a house and he's working on the wood and he's nailing it. He's nailing the stuff together. Obviously, obviously, he's put his time, his sweat, all these things upon this wood, nailed it together, and it stayed, right? In the same sense, God put all his time and sweat upon that cross and hung there for our sins. But we have to remember this. That it's us that get to choose whether we want the forgiveness or not. That it's us. We get to accept the cross or deny the cross. So, if something, if, if that construction worker is nailing that in, he put all his time in it, his sweat, all that stuff on there, and it's holding together, he, in the same sense, if he hated the boss, if he hated the company, he can easily take a bat, hammer, whatever, and break down what he just did as well, right? In the same sense, we have put our sins upon the cross, and, and, and God has nailed it to the cross, but we can also be the one to not accept that and break down the cross and choose the other direction. So remember, we're forgiven. We're forgiven in Jesus' name. There's no other name. We're not forgiven in Forgiven in stinking Ryan, Ryan's name or something. It's Jesus' name, you know. And that was the title, or that was the, yeah, that's the title of my message. Forgiven in Jesus' name. And we always have to have to seek that. We're forgiven. But Brian, I know, I know we're forgiven, and I still sin. It's okay, you're still forgiven. But Brian, I just went and I just had sex with my girlfriend and I feel horrible and oh my gosh, these things, I, I can't do it anymore. It's okay, you're forgiven in Jesus' name. Just pick up your cross and continue to walk. And I've dealt with that many, many times where kids would come up to me, call me, and say, Brian, I've done the worst thing on the face of the earth. And I'd say, what is it? And they would say, man, I had sex before marriage, man. And I would say, 
you know what? We all screw up. We all have screwed up. But yet, Jesus didn't screw up. He took that and put it on the cross and died for it. And then they would continue on. But Brian, you don't understand though. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't understand what Jesus has done for us. We'll never understand unless, until we actually hang out with Him and actually see that compassion. And He was just pretty much blessed. And that's what I want to encourage us all. No matter what we've done, no matter what trials, what sin, if, you're, if, you, if you were to go out here tonight and go and go smoke or you go and you go sleep with your partner or you go and you do whatever, my encouragement for you is you're forgiven. Continue to walk in the Lord. And if you're struggling with something, continue to trust in the Lord and give it to the Lord. Because we've all struggled with something. We all do. And we just got to accept the fact that we're forgiven people for the wretchedness that we've gone through and that we've done. We have to accept that fact. We have to understand that. Because the last week we talked about the mystery in Christ which is in us. So if Christ is in us, He's forgiven us. We're forgiven. When we go to heaven, God sees Jesus. He doesn't see Brian. He doesn't see Alex. He doesn't see Jennifer or Amber. Oh no. He doesn't see those people. He sees Jesus within each person's soul. And we have to understand that. And the Lord showed me something probably a couple of days ago too. And this is off this subject. Like we're done here. But, you know, it's being real with you guys again. I want to tell you guys, you know, everything that's, if, if the Lord's going to bless me some, with something, I want, to, I want to see if it would bless you guys, you know, because I was stoked when I heard this. I was super stoked. I was stoked that I kind of like took it and like rearranged it around into something where I would remember and I call it the four P's. The four P's. You're like, what's four P's? What's the four P's, you know? But this really blessed me so much and I was just like, woohoo! You know, it was awesome. But the four P's, what, real, what will bring comfort into your heart? is the first P is prayer. Prayer. What's prayer? It's hanging out with the Lord. It's talking to Him. It's communication with the Father. The second P is power. When you're in prayer, you have the power. 
when Jesus was in prayer, when he was hanging out, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying by himself along these mountains and so on, he got the power to heal these people, to heal the lepers. He had the power to make the blind see, make the deaf hear. But as he got this power, the next P was passion. For some reason, this passion built up in him. After he's doing all these things, he sees these things that's going on, and he has passion in his ministry and for others to see. He was the one. He had passion for me, for you. That's why. He, that's why I went up to the cross because of his passion. And the last P was he had peace. Because as we remember, as they were hauling him away, he didn't just zap them all with a huge lightning bolt. Jesus had peace within his heart. And he pretty much let the Roman soldiers take him. Because in an instant, he could have he just annihilated each one. But he had peace in his heart. And he knew what he had to do. And he was comforted by that. Even up to the point where he was hanging on the cross, saying, Lord, forgive them for they do not know. That's peace in his heart for us. And that really blessed me a lot when the Lord really spoke to me. Because if you don't have if you don't have prayer, you don't have power, you don't have passion, you don't have peace in your heart. But when you do have prayer, man, if you have prayer up, it's going to comfort you so much. You're going you're gonna to feel like you can be able to do almost anything in the name of Jesus. And I encourage you guys, please seek the Lord. Please go hang with Him. Please go out and pray and just have a blast with the Lord. Because seriously, you're going you're gonna to start feeling this power inside you, the Spirit. You're going to feel this passion that you have towards other people that you want to go and help them and pray for them. And then you're going to find this peace in your heart that's going to comfort you more than any person on the face of the earth can. So please, 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 please go out and hang with the Lord. I'm telling you, it's, like I said last week, it's something you can't describe unless you do it yourself. Because when you do it yourself, trust me, you're not going to be able to describe it as well. You're just going to be like, uh, uh, duh, duh, you know, you're just, it's, you can't describe it. Just like, just like John when he saw heaven. He was like, uh... 
He couldn't, he couldn't describe heaven. In the same sense, if you were to hang out with the Lord, trust me, you're not going to be able to describe what just what went on, what just happened to you. So pray, comes power, comes passion, comes peace in your heart. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you love us, God. That you're here for us whenever we need you. That we have total access to, to you, God. And I pray, Father, that we would all take advantage of that. That we would all be hanging out with you. And that we would all realize who you are in a passionate way, in a, in a way that we can't describe, but we know what we've experienced. So, Lord, as we, <coughs> as we go our ways tonight, as we're cruising in the car by ourselves or, or in our rooms by ourselves tonight, I pray, Father, that we would be clinging on to you, that we would be hanging out with you, and that you would show each of us something tonight. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you would fill us up with your Spirit, that you would embed your words onto our hearts, but most of all, God, that people would see Jesus in our lives, that love would be pouring out of our lives, God. So, Father, may your kingdom come and your will always be done, and we give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.